Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to Next Step Leadership Podcast. I'm Chris Maxwell, and uh, Tracy Reynolds and I uh, have the wonderful opportunity to listen to stories. And boy, what a story we are hearing again today, Tracy. Kevin, I love, when I first logged into your your, uh, website, This Is My Story, I was intrigued because uh, these words are there. Then you come on the screen here. I wish people could see what what I'm seeing. He's got a t-shirt on, guys, that says, tell me a story. And my whole passion, even I in a class, or I would much rather have a handful of people. I believe that's what influences for the kingdom. That's where real life change happens. Yeah. But uh, groups become groups when we hear each other's stories. We become family because we realize that we have far more, far more in common than separates us. And those bridges are actually there to build relations. So I remember mm. as a kid uh, singing uh, the song, This Is My Story, as a five-year-old swinging in the backyard at, having no idea what I'm saying or singing. You know, this is my story. This is my song from that great hymn. So I resonated immediately. I said, I like this guy already. And then you start off and, and I hear, wait a minute, this is, then you told part of your story as a pastor's kid and struggles with pornography and the love of a father. Mm-hmm. It felt like the prodigal son story, or which was really about the prodigality of the father, his incredible mm-hmm. love. And mm-hmm. we, we thought, you know, hey, God was going to send judgment and no, he sent this embraceive relationship. So, man, Amen. it's so good to have you. So let's keep talking about that and and how. Well, yeah. How about this? I mean, I, I was singing that song. This is my story as a kid too, so loud, <laughs> so freely, and I had no idea like what I was what I was saying. How powerful that really was, and um, you know, there there is this beauty of story that's far far deeper than your testimony, and. Um, you know, growing up in the church, we were taught, like, you have a testimony. You'll share your testimony. Share your testimony. And you know, I'm wearing this shirt that says, tell me a story. Because yes. the greatest context that I have in sharing my story is first knowing someone else's story. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, I could just be like a resounding gong, as Paul says. If you don't have love, well, what's love? Love is to give someone a place of belonging. And um, like a camp that we speak at sometimes, Word of Life in New York, says uh, their, their motto for their Bible Institute kids and their campers coming in is, uh, a place of belonging, uh, believe, and then behave. So first they want kids to belong and, and mm-hmm. people to belong and find love and support and friendship. And then, you know, along that way, let us introduce you to Jesus. You know, this is who mm-hmm. we believe in. Okay, you know, I, I have this sense of trust here. Uh, maybe I'll believe. Um, and then as God and the Holy Spirit works, you know, now their behavior changes. So maybe they're, you know, a hell raiser. Maybe they're, mm-hmm. they've done some bad things and maybe they're still doing bad things and they don't want to give that up. And, and maybe they're on a life that's, that's totally not um, an alignment with who God's designed them to be. Okay, well, that's their behavior. You know, if we can find belonging for them and love them. And, and, and so that happens, I think, through tell, having someone tell you a story. You know, now you know who they are and you get to listen. And in our story process, which I teach, we call that redemptive listening, mm. where you, you know, I have an understanding of the gospel story. You know, God is good. I'm not. You know, he sent his son to redeem me. A world created by God, ruined by sin, 
redeemed by the Son. That's the narrative of life. Mm-hmm. That's God's story. It's mine. I was created by God. I was ruined by sin. And I'm being redeemed constantly by the Son. And so as I listen redemptive to someone's story, all I'm listening for is that narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your generation, your beginning story, your Genesis story, your mom, your dad? Is there a divorce there? If yes, right away I know you were born into a lot of brokenness because mm-hmm. your parents were one and now they're two. And that's broken. Um, I just know so much now about that person. I don't, it doesn't mean I'm judging them. It means the opposite of that. I want to now um, have empathy for them. I want to give the love of Jesus to them. And yes, along the way, I have a great story to tell. I have a great story. Um, Not not in a bragging way, but in a total humble, um, I can't wait to let you know how much God has really done in my life. And and Mm. not just my testimony of knowing how I came to Jesus. Listen, I was five when I got saved. How much context do I really have, right, when I get saved at five to help you be like, well, you know, I got saved at five, so I have a lot of ways I can relate to you. (laughs) That's not true. So my salvation story is at five, but my ongoing life with God, my goodness, I have so much to to say that relates to people. I have fears and anxieties and insecurities Mm and, and, um, you know, a lot of just mistakes and brokenness, and um, I, I get to allow people to see the goodness of God working in all of that as I am a Christian. So one of the greatest stories too, for this is my story to kind of give you one little background of our ministry. The website was used to have a Z in the name. This is my story.com. It was a terrible name. No one could find that website. I would give my email away. It would take forever. That's a Z. Oh wait, this like with T H I Z. No T H I S I Z. So I prayed for years, like two or three years with our board. God, please help us change this name. I just want it to be This Is My Story. I went on to register.com and for a couple months just praying, just Lord, help me find like a domain that's thisismystory.org is what I was looking for. Well, I went on. It wasn't available. It was owned. And I sent out and uh, I called this number on register.com for thisismystory.org, which is our current site. And I said, I'm going to call God. If this, please, I, I don't have any money to necessarily buy this, but help me out. So it goes to voicemail, says voicemail box is full. Well, that kind of made me think maybe this is a cell phone. So I text it. Hi, I'm interested in knowing if this website's for sale. This is my story.org. Reply back a text in five minutes or so. No, it's not for sale. Okay. Mm. I said, well, thank you. My name is Kevin. I run a ministry or I didn't say ministry. I have a website called this is my and if you ever want to trade that, I don't want the Z in my name. Here's my email. So he go. This guy goes to my website and checks out what we're doing, and we're sharing the films and stories of, of God changing people's lives. And a few days later, I get an email that says, "Hi, I just want you to know I went to your website. I'm, I, I own this is my story.org. He said I've been praying and waiting for years." Um, to give this website away to someone. He goes, I bought this domain when my mother passed away because she sang This Is My Story to me every night as a little child. And he Mm. said, I wanted to honor her by giving this website to someone that was going to tell stories of God changing their lives. Wow. And he said, I want to give that to you. And Mm. I... That was a prayer, too, not just of a website for me at that time, but more of a season of, God, are you really wanting me to stay in ministry? If so, like, 
this is just an example of one way I want to have confirmation. This website name sucks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay. and so, man, I always come back to that story. You know, this is God's story. And if he wants mm. it, if he wants one thing to happen or not, like if we come to him in full trust and surrender, um, it's the best place to be, to take the next step, no matter what direction it's in. And, um, for me, yeah. it was in ministry again. You know, we were talking off mic about um, how the church often gets this backwards. And I mean, I grew up in a generation where we, you're right, we were told how to present not only, you know, our story, but the gospel story, um, to, in my opinion, too soon. Instead of, uh, I think it was Stephen Covey, and I know he was a Mormon, but this is true whether he said it or not, and that is seek first to understand rather than be understood. And I think that the precursor, and you, you mentioned the word love, if I truly love you, then people desperately, Chris, desire to be understood. And mm. so if I'm going to care for you and be compassionate, and how many times does Scripture tell us that Jesus saw a crowd and he had compassion for them and he took the time to hear the story about the woman with the issue of blood or, or Zacchaeus, come on down, you know? Those were all relationships and we mm -hmm. just get these snippets, but we know that whatever he did relationally said, I care about you and your story. And so seeking first to hear that story uh, like you said, it just shows us we have so much in common, and it gives us a bit of a way forward, some clues as to how I can can care for them, perhaps. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, how has that become more important to you? You said you know that you you don't see enough of us listening for and orchestrating and and learning to hear other stories as well as tell our stories. Well, Kevin, well, I think for me, I've wanting i've been trying to see the lord and what he's asking me to do in my life and in the direction of this is my story and wanting believing that there's a greater need to help mm -hmm. people discover this bigger story the ongoing work of god in their story and then not just uh the testimony of their salvation um i want to go back and i want to be in the local church and I, I still feel like that's where God is going to lead us. He is leading us in that direction to really help churches put story groups in place. Um, but I'm being met with a lot of resistance, less curiosity and more mm. um, opinions about how this isn't a really great idea. Or there, we've maybe seen this already. You're developing their testimony or I don't know, this sounds like it could be messy or... And so all these different things. But at the same time, I've also, I remember a time two or three years ago, I was in Panera Bread and I heard a pastor cons being consulted by a consultant at Panera Bread. And I sometimes go to Panera Bread to work and I'm, I'm listening, like overhearing this and just thinking to myself, like this consultant guy is advising this pastor on, you know, and I'm assuming this church is paying this consultant for this information. And that was sad in my, in its own right. <laughs> but th this pastor is receiving, we've got to create a program that helps your church have some, you know, encouragement to go out and share their faith and to help. And then it was two things, evangelism and discipleship, right? Mm -hmm. It's always the two models of our church. Yeah. Are you an evangelistical church or are you a discipleship church? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've had people ask me about this book that I wrote, is it a discipleship book or an evangelistical book? And I'm thinking, man, if you fall in love with Jesus, you'll get discipled. And then oh. if you fall in love with Jesus, you'll want to tell your story and share your faith. So exactly. uh, to me, it's, it's both. And I couldn't help myself. I got up, and they were just racking their brains on programs, and 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 we think this is going to work, and our people just don't know this, and and one of the, one of the quest statements that got me up out of my seat at Panera Bread was, well, if we could just teach people on how to have conversations with people, 
I was like, I can't take it anymore. I just stood up. I stood up and I walked over and I put my business card down there. This is my story. I just said, Hey guys, if you ever need like anybody else to come in to help you talk about this journey with you on this, I believe that this story component is what you're missing. And, and to one thing I said to having people talk to other people, I said the biggest question or statement that you could teach your people to just engage with is the first question or the first statement. I said, it's not what that question is or what that statement is. It is just getting your people to talk to other people. Mm -hmm. And why won't they? Well, there's a story there. And I said, it doesn't matter what the first question is or what the first statement is. You really just need to make a statement. You really need to start a conversation. And that's one of the biggest ways. And I said, from there, you can help people discover how to lead a journey and how to, you know, and become an immersive storyteller. But what I found is that kind of similar pattern is happening in the church. And there are like, I think earlier in our offstage time, you know, Tracy, I said, I'm so happy that you, both of you, Chris as well, like have such an understanding of the power of story being far deeper and far more significant than, than not only our testimony of salvation, but that our story is ongoing. And, and that's what I believe in. And I think that that's what is worth it's worthy of my life and what God's called me to do to work through all of the red tape bureaucracy of the church um, to to help. And as long as God continues to make a way, I believe that we're we're probably needing to teach curiosity mm. as as a new kind mm. of spiritual fruit. <laughs> um, I like that. Are we curious about other people? Mm-hmm. And. And I don't mean this even in like this, this sounds maybe cliche or like the typical thing, but like first we truly need Jesus. We truly need to get away from like, if we're a Bible student, we need to get away from like the end goal of graduating, the end goal of Mm -hmm. becoming a pastor or a leader. Um, We will become a leader. We will become a great pastor if we truly spend time with Jesus. If Mm -hmm. we, if the end goal is always the Lord. Because it's his, he's the head pastor, it's his church. And if I could drill anything in, yes, we want to become curious. But if we are curious because we want to be a good leader or curious because we want to be a good pastor, then we will be, it will be derived from our own selfish ambition Mm -hmm. in disguise of serving God and loving God and loving other people. But being curious when we're with Jesus is an overflow of, he, 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 God has control over who I will become as a leader. God has control and, and he will lead me into becoming whoever he wants me to become, but I will have this intimacy with him. Yeah. And in that intimacy, if we could say, well, how should I live as a storyteller? What should I do in that? Ask God, help me to learn what curiosity looks like. And in that curiosity, you become curious of people's journey mm-hmm. And one short story, I was helping a friend of ours move Saturday with my wife. She got a divorce, very sad situation, and lived with her two kids, moved out of an apartment. And while we were there kind of helping her on Saturday, a long-life friend of hers from El Paso, Texas, came to Florida years ago, five years ago or so, and he was there Saturday to help her move. He said to me, how do all of you guys know this girl? 
And I said, I don't know any of these other people that were helping serve. They were new friends of hers and neighbors. And uh, he goes, well, I don't know anybody. And I said, well, how do you know this girl? Well, we were childhood friends. I said, wow, that is phenomenal. How did you end up from El Paso, Texas to here 35 years later and you're here helping when you live 40 minutes away? He then led with his story of, man, it was a journey. And I said, well, we're unpacking, we're moving, we're just walking. Tell me your story. What's the journey? (laughs) Tell me your story. And and he gasped, oh, man. Well, so I come to find out he runs away from his family. He has no one when he comes to Florida. He's got like no job, living in a hotel, and then he's into the music festival. He's a bartender, becomes an alcoholic, a drug addict. He's, he binge drinks and he's isolated. He feels alone. He's starting to ask the question of why am I even here? What is the point of all of this? And I just chuckle inside. Like, I just thought I was coming to move my friend today. <laughs> exactly. And my, the honest truth I, had, I have to admit is I didn't want to help her. Mm-hmm. And I think I was satisfied and excited about God using me in a moment with that young man. But in that, in seeing God kind of move and stir him, I was also simultaneously convicted that my heart wasn't for this girl. It was mostly because my wife said, we should go help her. (laughs) And I I don't want to be that way. And so that shows me still more of my own heart. Kevin, you need to get some things in your heart right. Why didn't you want to go help this lady? Sure, you have your family, you have your time, but just just sit with this. You don't have to condemn yourself over it. But Kevin, remember what God did now in this young man's life. So we fast forward with him. How do I interject? I start to begin to say some things to him. Man, I'm sure that moment was lonely. And he hadn't said he was lonely yet. But I understand because of the gospel and our narrative that sin leads to death. And so the absence of the fruit of life of Jesus is loneliness, is one of them. Depression, anxiety, and all those things, they can be rooted down into we were made to belong. And when we don't belong, we feel isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the worst places to be as a human is just to be alone. And, And when I said alone, that was the first time I really kind of injected into his story. It, it just spurred him into explaining more of the deeper side of the emotional component of his story. Up until that point, it was very factual. I did these drugs. I, I drank this alcohol. But as soon as I hit on this re- emotional context, um, it was a whole other level. And, and him and I connected. I was able to share my understanding of loneliness when I was 12 years old, right? And who would have thought yeah. 12 years old back then relates to now? But I was lonely back then. Mm-hmm. And, and I was consumed by my self-condemnation. I didn't think anyone loved me. I didn't think God loved me. And so we spur this on. And then finally, I kind of say, man, you ever go to church now? Or he's like, man, I've been asking God for like help. I said, man, Tuesday mornings, I go to this thing, men's breakfast. And I said, just, just people sharing their story. He's like, oh, I'm going to get your number. I want to go. And so now we're texting and he's going to show up on tomorrow and uh, go to this men's breakfast thing. And um, all, all that to say, right, like that was a story that I had no idea that was coming. And in curiosity, mm. um, I just asked. I, had, I didn't have an ambition to save him. I didn't have some yeah. sort of plan. I just, you know, to, my prayer today was, Lord, 
I don't have enough hours in today to do all that I think needs to be done in this world and in my life. But what I do has have is a prayer and a heart to say, in the hours that I do have, I give them to you. Mm. Well, that's so good. Well, I love hearing your story and hearing these stories. Um, as we get ready to end, uh, tell our audience how they can uh, find out more about you. Um, and just uh, let's, let's just end with that. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I'm so thankful that you guys had Thank me you. on. I'm honored. Um, I'm sure you have a lot more prestigious guests on than me. So I'm, I'm thankful to be on here and uh, thankful to know both of you. So people can contact us. Um, I would say the greatest way to kind of in- interact with This Is My Story is to go to thisismystory.org and, and watch the Miracle Map film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free. You just submit your email address, and um, I'll be up front with you as soon as you submit it. There's an automated email, and it uh, comes out to you with a link to the film, and it's free. After that, in two days, you'll get another email that says, if you enjoyed this film, we have a curriculum for you. And if you want, you can you can buy that curriculum and scarred for good. And, and that's a seven week um, process mm-hmm. with a film and a teaching series. Uh, but beyond that, um, I am at a stage, man, where if there's a church or there's a single believer that says, I really want to get involved in, in some sort of story component. I I have some things that I'm working on, mm-hmm. but I am yeah. more interested in getting to know that person and saying, join, join me on where mm-hmm. I think God is leading us. Because I do feel that God's going to use uh, This Is My Story to equip yeah. and train That's and right. encourage a lot of other people to start their own story groups. We will have a training that's that's going to be doing that one day. But at this point, um, I feel like God is leading me to start story groups f- mm-hmm. for now on my own. So I am just looking mm-hmm. for churches that are interested in that. Um, we have a membership program that we're building out, but I'm not, I'm not going to, we're not launching that yet. Um, okay. I am more, I'm being more curious about how that's going to look. And so I'm going to, I'm doing it on my own. So if anybody's interested in, in that aspect, um, I have way more conversations around that than I do answers. So yeah. I'm eager to have those. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for telling us your story and for inviting us and daring us and challenging us to find ways to let our next steps be our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.